Down Syndrome Queensland are the peak body for intellectual disability in Queensland. We drive change, support inclusion and are on a quest for equality so that people with intellectual disabilities can take their rightful place as valuable members of the community. Down Syndrome Queensland also provides practical and emotional support, comfort and opportunities to people with intellectual disability, their families and support networks, particularly in regional areas. DSQ supports an inclusive environment for people with an intellectual disability, which allows them to live their best lives. We believe it is important to respect the rights of parents to choose the development path that is best for their loved one. DSQ is here to support them along the way. To find out more about how you can help, to volunteer or to support the work of Down Syndrome Queensland, go to downsyndrome.org.au forward slash QLD. We acknowledge the First Nations people as the traditional custodians of the land we are on today. We acknowledge and pay respect to all elders past, present and emerging. The Now and the Future podcast is an exciting way of sharing members' stories of opportunities, challenges and provide support and expert advice for Down Syndrome community. Down Syndrome Queensland's vision is to support, advocate for empower people with Down Syndrome to take their rightful places as valuable and contributing members of their community both now and the future. Hello and welcome to DSQ's Now and the Future podcast. My name is Carly Lassig and I am the Lead Education Consultant at Down Syndrome Queensland. For this first episode of 2024, our education team have come together to talk about a positive start to the new school year. The start of school can be both an exciting time, but also a potentially challenging time, particularly for our young people with disability, as they adjust to new people, new places and new activities. Transition is not just something to focus on at the end of the previous school year or the first day or the first week back. Transition takes time, and so we need to support our students with this well into the school year. This is especially true of transitioning from kindergarten to primary school or from primary school to secondary school. Joining me today for this podcast are our education consultants, Kath Bunny, Denise McDonald, and Alicia Byrne. All of us are registered teachers and we have a mix of experience in mainstream and special education settings and a particular passion for supporting students with Down syndrome and intellectual disability and supporting their teaching teams. In this episode, we will share tips for teachers and tips for families that we hope will assist everyone to have a positive start to the new school or kindergarten year. Let's start with 10 tips for teachers. Our number one tip is important for all our students, get to know the child. Every child is unique, even those students with the same diagnoses. Find out about the child with a strengths-based focus so that you can use their strengths in your planning. You can do this by asking families to create a one-page profile that outlines the child's strengths, their interests, what they're working on, strategies that work for them, and their parents' vision for the child and wherever possible, gain the student's input. You can do this by using visuals to ask them about their likes and dislikes, hobbies, friends, and favorite subjects. 
Tip number two, teachers are the experts in teaching and the students and the parents are the expert in their child. They are your best resource. Encourage open communication and collaboration so that you can combine your expertise to create a successful experience for the child. This includes negotiating how we communicate with each other, whether that be through an app, through a hard copy communication book or through emails. Keep in mind that students with Down syndrome or intellectual disabilities may not be able to share the information about their day with their family, so parents appreciate anything you can share with them. Consider sending pictures home so the family have a visual prompt to help them talk to the child or sibling about their school day. Tip number three, collaborate with your students' previous teaching team to find out about strategies or resources that worked last year. Continuing to use these familiar approaches can assist in a smoother transition. For example, using particular visual supports or schedules, planning for transitions to and from breaks, what are the best learning times and when does the student fatigue or need a break? All of these familiar strategies will ensure continuity of support. Tip number four is visuals, visuals, visuals. Children with Down syndrome or intellectual disability have a relative strength in visual learning. We can use visuals not just for the daily schedule, but also for communicating curriculum content, procedures or steps for completing a task, assessment tasks to find out what the student knows, and allowing students to communicate their needs, wants, feelings, opinions, etc. Visuals can also be used outside uh, the classroom, for example, in the playground, at assembly, um, etc. You can even use a multimodal approach, uh, for example, through video modelling that students can watch again and again to learn new skills or behaviours. As Denise said, students with Down syndrome or intellectual disability may find it difficult to express what they have done at school that day. So consider sending home a copy of the visual schedule or visual task sheets to open up discussion at home. Creating social stories is another very effective visual resource to use at school and to send home so that parents can reinforce learning. For example, social stories about assemblies, special events, excursions, fire drills and so on. Tip number five, take advantage of routines. Children with Down syndrome or intellectual disabilities learn well through routines and lots of repetition. They often can learn routines so well that they'll remind you if you forget a step. As Carly mentioned previously, use visuals to support learning of these routines. Also include establishing clear and predictable lesson routines to ease the cognitive load. Change the content of your lesson to ensure it's engaging, but keep the process or the steps the same. Tip number six, plan ahead for upcoming events or activities such as assemblies, swimming carnivals, sports days, excursion and camps. And what adjustments might be need to be considered in the planning? Consult with the family for ideas or previous teaching staff for how they manage the activity or event. Tip number seven, when you encounter challenges, try and approach it from a social model of disability. This model encourages us to think about the barriers or what is disabling as being external in the environment rather than internal to the child. 
For example, instead of saying that the barrier is that the child can't talk and they can't communicate, it might be reframed as the barrier is that the staff are not trained in the child's preferred communication methods. This is not to pass blame, but it may be that their preferred communication style is talking, but the importance of the child's communication method has not been considered. When you make it external, you can do something about it. In the case of the example, it might mean upskilling in keyword sign or pod books or a communication device, depending on what the child uses. And just to reassure teachers, that's not something you're going to have to learn on your own. There are experts to help you, such as speech language pathologists who train others in alternative and augmentative communication methods. Which leads us to tip number eight, which is engage with internal and external supports. For example, allied health professionals such as speech language pathologists, physiotherapists, occupational therapists and behavior, positive behaviour support practitioners. You may have access to internal allied health professionals through the system you teach in, but families will also often be accessing external therapists who can provide input either through reports or phone calls or depending on your kindergartens or your school's policy about outside therapists, they might be able to visit and observe the student or participate in a stakeholder meeting. Plus, we, the DSQ education team, can support you as an external organisation. We are a statewide service, so we can travel to you and many of our services for schools are free. Tip number nine. We know that this tip is a big one, but we can help you with it. The diversity of our students means that learning and upskilling on inclusion is really important for teachers. This includes understanding inclusive language, policy, legislation, NCCD, and inclusive pedagogies, as well as reasonable adjustments for students with Down syndrome or intellectual disabilities. For example, learning about positive behaviour supports, using keyword sign, which ultimately benefits all students. Tip number 10 is another big one, and we can also help you with this one. Learn Learning about Down syndrome or intellectual disability or their specific disability, what it is, how it can affect learning, strategies that support students with Down syndrome or intellectual disability, how to promote communication, how to build students' independence, how to effectively use teacher aids, or support people, um, how to use peer learning and modelling. Our ID8 service, particularly our initial consults, can help build this knowledge and provide helpful resources on these topics in the form of fact sheets and webinars. These really are two big areas of upskilling, which does take time. But yeah, as my colleagues have said, the DSQ education team are here to support you through our professional development events, our consulting services, or teachers are always welcome to just phone or email us anytime with their questions. If you're looking for a starting point, a particular resource you might start with, check out the Education Toolkit on the Down Syndrome Australia website. We'll add the link to the episode notes. Now we'd like to move on to our 10 tips for families. Tip number one, be clear about your vision for your child. But don't overwhelm the teachers with too many demands at the start of the year. Allow your child time to settle in and the teacher needs time to get your know, to know your child. After a few weeks, make an appointment with the teacher to discuss any concerns you may have. 
Tip number two, keep it strengths focused. Share all the positive traits, abilities and achievements of your child. You could even share photos or videos of things your child has done outside of school. Teachers can then use that knowledge of your child's strengths and interests to inform their planning. Tip three, to create a positive collaborative approach with the school, focus on solutions rather than problems. You are key to helping the staff understand and help your child. Tip number four, to help with the above three points, you can prepare a one-page profile about your child, your vision as parents of the child and the child's vision are they able to contribute. For example, their career aspirations, their strengths, their interests, their preferred communication method, what they're working and strategies that work for them. One-page profile is beneficial not just to the teacher, but also for support staff, teacher relief staff and therapists. Tip number five, work with your child's support team. These people will continue to help your child transition to the new, the new year level. Transition doesn't just stop at the end of the year, it continues into the next year as well. Tip number six, we've talked about parents sharing their vision for their child. Often a priority within this vision is for the child to build genuine and meaningful friendships. So tip number six is to think about how to intentionally support your child to build friendships. For example, through finding valued roles in the school your child could take on, through extracurricular activities with peers who have shared interests, through lunchtime activities, setting up a circle of friends, etc. These are some things you can discuss with the class teachers. Tip number seven, learn about inclusive practices so that you know what to ask for. For example, rather than focusing on how many teacher aid hours your child receives or how many one-to-one -one interventions, focus on reasonable adjustments that can help your child to learn and belong. Often parents want a full-time teacher aid when in fact this can hinder inclusion by impeding opportunities for your child to learn, interact and play with peers. Learning is a social construct and your child's peers can be some of their greatest teachers. Tip number eight, ask ahead about upcoming events or activities such as camps, swimming uh, and excursions. Think about what might be challenging for your child or what adjustments might need to be considered with the teacher's planning. Also mention the successes that your child has had at any previous events. Tip number nine, be sure to show your appreciation to the teaching team and acknowledge the positives. Don't just approach the staff when there's an issue around your child or something you're not happy with. If there's something important you want to discuss, it's best to schedule an appointment with the teacher and let them know what you wish to talk about. This will ensure you have enough time to talk about things together. Tip number 10, our final tip for families, is find like-minded parents to support your family on the school journey. For example, other parents at the school who have children with disability, contacting DSQ to connect you with other parents, or through attending education workshops for parents of children with disability. That wraps up our 10 tips for teachers and 10 tips for families. 
We hope some of these are useful in your preparation for the new school or kindergarten year. For more support, the DSQ education team can support kindergartens and schools through our three services. The Kindergarten Inclusion Service, which is free, and our two school services, the ID8 service, which is also free, and our more comprehensive and tailored Quest services. For teachers keen to learn more about inclusive pedagogies that will cater for all students, including their students with Down syndrome and or intellectual disability, we will be running a professional development workshop for educators on inclusive unit planning on March 1st. Discounted early bird tickets are available until the end of January, and registrations will close in late February. Click on the Inclusive Unit Planning Workshop for Educators link in the episode notes to find out more. For more information about anything we've discussed, or to find out more about how the education team can support you, please email education at downsyndromeqld.org.au. And as a final note, we'd like to acknowledge that DSQ's education services are proudly supported by the Queensland Government. At the Now in the Future podcast, we'd love to hear your thoughts and questions as a way of continuing to provide essential information for the community. If you have a question or would like any more information on any of our episodes or have any ideas for future episodes, simply send us an email to engagement at downsyndromeqld.org.au. That's engagement at downsyndromeqld.org.au. And we'll do our best to provide you with the information you require in one of our upcoming episodes. The Now in the Future podcast aims to support, advocate for, and empower people with Down syndrome both now and into the future. You have been listening to the Now and the Future podcast. For more information about this episode and many other topics related to Down syndrome, please visit the Dyson Drone Queensland website at dysondrome.org.ie slash QRD. Dyson Drone Queensland supporting people with Dyson Drone now and into the future.